Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Hey, morning. <laughs> I sit down, sit down, sit down. Um, yeah, so my name's Morgan. Oh, my voice is back. Let's go. Um, yeah, the accent is New Zealand. I'm a Kiwi. Kiwi's not the fruit. It's, the, uh, it's a flightless bird. There's some fun fact for you. Um, yeah, but firstly, um, before I do dive in, I just wanted to publicly thank uh, Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb again. Thank you so much for bringing us and the team out. It's been such an honor to serve you guys. And even just last night, the fruit of last night, just what, what God's doing in Wisconsin. And Stephen's point, it's weighty. Like, seriously, it is weighty. Like, the, just the presence of God just feels... You know, they talk about anointing, but the anointing is often referred to weightiness in the Word. And um, it just felt weighty last night as, as we were in the presence, and it was just incredible. So thank you so much for bringing us in the team. It's such an honor to serve you guys. And, um, and even that you would open up your house for us to come and like just to feed the flock. So, yeah. Can we just give it up for Pastor Matt and Pastor Dead, please? <laughs> Legends. <laughs> That's incredible. And um, yeah, so he told me a little bit about me. Um, I'm Samoan. That's what the faleolo is. Um, yeah, not many of us around. Um, there's actually, fun fact, there's actually more Samoans in New Zealand than in Samoa. Yeah, we're taking over. So anyways, <laughs> um, so, I, so we're from New Zealand. I want to give you guys a bit of context as to who I am, um, but also... If I start mumbling, please let me know because my accent kind of, I and it's just like, what? So please let me know if I'm mumbling. Um, I'm married. This is my wife down there. Rebecca, we've been married for five years, three months. Yep. Set up, babe. Come on. <laughs> yeah. The sling's not for fashion. She, um, she, uh, she, you're humorous? Yeah humorous. Um, we were on a date night and she fell off a scooter. And so, electric scooter. You know those electric scooters? Like the birds like, yeah, we had a date night and we spent the rest of it in ER. So, um, it was a great date. We had, um, you know, we got blessed with an incredible, we got to experience the American health system, which was incredible. And we got, instead of us paying the bill, they paid us the bill. So, it was just like, oh, let's go. So, um, there's that, and um, yeah, um, what Pastor, Pastor Matt said, um, I am the third-year worship pastor for our school of ministry, but I'm also the, I'm a, I'm the, the global communications pastor for Bethel Music. Still don't know what that means. Um, still figuring it out, but um, I think it's got something with communications and globe, something like that. So um, yeah, and so I'm currently working for the Worship U department, which is our online worship school. Uh, and we have our worship school that we have the conference for. So um, I actually pastor students as well, but also make connections with worship pastors across the country. And so we're just building a network of that. And it's been incredible just to hear the, the stories of what God's doing in other, other states, just in America. Just to let you know, like, even as we went on tour last year for the Victory Tour, we, went, we started in Miami. Man, Miami was crazy. Like, I, I think it's like predominantly Latinos there. And it was like, it was, it was, it was pumping. Like, 
even like the slowest songs, it was like, yeah, it was crazy. And so um, we started in Miami, and then I think we did 33 cities. Of that, I did about 18, 20, um, and we finished off in Charleston, South, no, Charlotte, South Carolina. Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, we, we finished there. But the thing is, just wanted to tell you that God is alive and well in America. He's alive and well. He's moving in America. Just it was it was crazy because every night we would we would go into the worship set, and then we'd have a time of ministry, and just even the things that God was doing, like the miracles, signs, and wonders that He was doing, it was incredible. It was powerful, and um, yeah, just even like just random things like people coming up to us and telling us their testimonies. And so um, I haven't prepped the team for this, but um, I'm going to ask them to come up and share some testimonies from last night. I believe that testimonies are powerful because they build faith in the room for what is possible for the things seen and unseen. So um, I'm just going to call the team up. You guys want to come up? Just share a testimony from last night, even just break, if you have a testimony. And um, yeah, Cam, you have a testimony? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I just want them to share the testimonies from last night. Even just because last night as we were debriefing over at Pastor's house, we were just like sharing of like what God had done, even just in the ministry time. And even just a part of that, we want to share some of it. Um, but also just that it would build faith that what God is doing, he's not just doing it. It's not just last night. It's also today as well. He's the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So, um, yeah. Do you guys want to share? Hey, guys. I'm Cam, uh, originally from Michigan, uh, but living in Cal. I'm giving my whole biography now. Um, no, but last night was awesome. We went on for about two and a half hours, maybe even three. Um, but what really touched me is that um, just looking around, like all the children, I really believe that God is doing something within your children, and he's going to rise um, them into believers and loving Jesus and all that. So, um, but... There was a boy who had great encounters in worship, and he was excited that we were all here, and he was just like, hey, uh, I feel so happy. I feel amazing. And he, he, he came through, like, a tough, tough past and all that and a lot of heartbreak in his life. But anyways, um, I was like, oh, why do you feel happy? He was just like, oh, because Bethel came. I was just like, okay, um, during worship? Is that when you have felt happy? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, have you... Um, have you felt happy in any other worship set coming to this church? He's just like, yeah, always. And then usually at home, he said, like, yeah, I'm pretty sad at home and angry or anything like that. So, um, but he's like, every time I come to worship, I feel so happy and I feel loved and all that. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I was, what was it? What did I say? It's like, you can take the same feeling of worship. You can take this encounter of worship home with you. It's not just at this church. The stage is just a platform, and us singing into microphones doesn't mean anything. Your true adoration, your true worship to him gives you so much joy that it's not just here that you can take it. You can take it home with you. And he was just like, really? I was like, yeah, you can take it home with you. You can turn on worship music. You can just sing to him. And he plays a bunch of instruments, supposedly, and supposedly he can sing. And this kid is like 12, but, um, yeah, he's like, I'm so excited, and I can't wait to worship at home and all that. So, um, yeah, just 
having all the heart like a bunch of heartbreak um he's had and a bunch of he has a crazy story and um but realizing what worship does um within children today like i haven't seen even in a lot of adults today so um yeah Yeah, so uh, last night um, after we got done um, leading worship, we came down front uh, for people, that anyone that wanted prayer. And um, there was this young man that came up to me. And you ever have those moments where you look at someone and you, like, you can feel what they're dealing with? Does anyone else have that? I know I do. Sometimes it's a little too familiar. Um, and I was, I was sitting there, and I felt like I knew what he was going to say. And he comes up to me and just full of like just shame and he was like hey man I'm, I'm struggling with with pornography and I and I looked at him and I said okay and you could tell that my response is not what he was expecting I think he was expecting me to freak out and treat him a different way and I, I don't know many people that haven't at least went through that battle once in their life and I looked at him and I in that moment I asked the Lord I was like this is your son what do you want to say to him and then I pictured if I had a son, what would I say to him? So I didn't even have to get super spiritual or I didn't have to cast any. It's not like that, you know, like you're not having to cast anything out or whatever. I was like, hey, man, like the Lord, he's actually saying you're very pure. And I began to take on heaven's perspective from the situation. And it was less about what he was doing wrong. And it's more what the Lord wanted to say to him. And I saw his, I saw his lip quiver and he started crying. And it's like, that one bit of affirmation probably meant more than any kind of deep prayer or anything that I could have done. Um, yeah, and it was beautiful because I actually, I actually physically saw his state change a little bit. Like he came up to me with like his head down and by the end of it, we were looking eye to eye. And, you know, I think that affirmation brought about confidence um, in confidence in who he was and then also confidence in who the Lord is. Um, so I hugged him and like, he left feeling so much lighter. And, um, I, I was like, Hey, I want to connect. Like if you ever, if you ever feel like this happens again, like, please call me. I mean, I'm all the way in Reading, but I would love to be an account accountability partner for you. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you real quick that like the Lord's moving here in your guys' city, like, and we can feel it and we just partner and we just, we, we honor it too. You guys are amazing. And, um, thanks for having us. Real. Thanks, guys. It's real. And the thing is, we've, we, we came with ourselves, but we didn't bring much. We just, we're just partnering with what God's already doing here in your, your city. And so I um, just encourage you guys, know like God is alive and well. He's moving. He's doing incredible things. And um, even just what, just even what on Chase was touching on discipleship, that's something that I want to go into. But that's general. And that's got to do with generations. And... Um, yeah, thanks for that, guys. That was really, yeah, faith building. Um, so I just want to give you guys a bit of story about generations. For me, for me, um, because I come from a Samoan family, we're like, it's village mentality. It's like, um, it's that, there's an African proverb that they use. Um, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go further, go together. And so... And that is kind of um, it's kind of something that my family is yeah we've done it for years, and when I mean years, it's like we've been having family reunions for the last hundred and forty-seven years, 
Um, family for us is not a theology, it's not an idea, it's not a concept, it's a way of life. For us, for to meet together together and actually, and actually go after something, and actually meet cousins that were just born, and meet cousins that didn't even know that we had family reunions. And so for me growing up, this is what it was like. I had family 24-7. I remember, I think it was always around February, we would have the big tree. And so our tree's called the Sapetea tree. And then of that, there are nine branches. And we would have a branch um, family reunion uh, on Anzac Day, which was like April, I think it was. But we would have that every year consecutively. And so in Samoa, that's been going for 147 years. Um, where I was born, it's been going for about 47 years. And so from Wellington, even it was something that we brought into a different country, but we, keep, we still do it because we value it. It's, for us, we, we value our, um, our, our youth. It's not just that. We value the elders because in our culture, it's like we respect your elders. Like, no, it's a, that's a given. You respect your elders. But also the elders also love on the children. So it's kind of us who are in the middle who are like, what about me? Kind of. So it was kind of like that. But we were the ones who were serving the elders and the young ones because that was how... Our, our, our parents, my grandparents would always say, they're the next generation. Look after them. Look after them. And so um, of that, I want to tell you the story as to why we started meeting. Um, my grand, he's like five greats, five great, 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 great grandfather. Um, Sapeteo, he was, he was one of the five Alamis Society missionaries that translated the Bible from English into Samoan for the Samoan people. His name's on a plaque in one of the theology schools over in Samoa. And so when he passed away, his wife wanted to make, basically make a memorial and rem- a remembrance of him. And so she started the family reunions. But I know it's 147 years, but this is the cool thing about it. The verse that our, fam- our family motto has been, Ia oto fealufani which means love one another. And the other one has been leala lepule letautua, which is the translation of the scripture, the way, through to ser- the way through to leadership is through service. And so of that, um, that's something that for me that personally rocks my heart. I'm just like, I want to serve my elders, but I also want to serve the generation coming before me. Because really, at the end of the day, they're the future of the church. They're the future of our church. They're the future um, of the things that we want to see. And my grandparents moved over from Samoa, but the thing is, I know that they moved over with me in mind, not just my parents. If that makes sense. They were thinking generations down, not just the, their kids. It was like, no, in the hope that my son's 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 son would walk in the freedom, but I'm paying the cost today. So um, in and of that, in 1 John 4, 7, um, that was kind of our, um, that's where it came from, the scripture, it's all fellow funny, which was, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is begotten of God, and knoweth God. And then later on in verse 11, it says this, in the same, same passage, it says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You know, in and of this, um, love has to look like something. 
it has to look like it can't just be a word. It, there's actually action to it. There, there has to be a proactiveness to actually loving. Um, it's like that thing with faith. Faith without works is dead. But the other thing is, Heidi, Heidi, Baker, um, Heidi Baker, she's the, the, the leader of Iris Ministries over in Mozambique. They're doing incredible things over there. But she says her belief is, thing is like love has to look like something, especially in other countries where uh, English is not predominantly their language. People know what love is. People gravitate to what love is. The next generation need to know what love looks like. What does love look like from us? How are we stewarding? How we are we discipling them? Like Chase was mentioning, are we making ourselves available? Or do we say, I'm going to touch on this. It says this in 1 John 16, 1 John 3, 16 to 18. It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Then it says this, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Love has to look like something. You know, we've, you know, we've been a church and I love, I, love I personally feel called to the church. I love the church. I don't feel called to the secular stuff. I'm just like, no, nah, I feel called to the church because of the beauty of it. But, you know, sometimes we can often say, sometimes we can say we love people. But sometimes we say we love people generally to love no one specifically. And so even just in this, I, I just want to challenge us. As a church, I'm also challenging myself. Like, who am I loving specifically right now? Who am I discipling? Who am I leading? Who am I guiding? Who's under my leadership? Who am I under? Who am I ca- accountable to? But the thing is, the generation is looking to us. We're the standard for what they get to step into, but also our ceiling becomes their floor. Hmm. And it's funny, though, because the, throughout the whole word, the generations is actually on the heart of God. God talks about the genealogy of Jesus, and, and like God actually really does care about the generations because it's the continuity of the word. It's the continuity of the church. And so... I just, I, for me, I just personally love like mothers and fathers. Mothers and fathers, we need, I'm, I'm a strong believer, we need mothers and fathers in the church. But the thing is, in order to get mothers and fathers, we need sons and daughters, not orphans. We need sons and daughters who will grow into becoming mothers and fathers. Yeah. I'm going to invite my wife up in a minute yeah you can come up but the thing is the reason why I wanted to invite her up is her story is slightly different to mine and it's good because it doesn't have my story is not the standard my story is just something that happened but her story is also very different too so um you want the mic okay okay hi I'm Rebecca um also from New Zealand uh I so one thing, a couple of things. Morgan Morgan grew up in a Samoan household, very much like a Latino almost household. It's um, life is done 
collectively in community. I grew up in, my dad is from England, my mum is from New Zealander, white New Zealander, and um, my family was a lot more sort of um, individualistic. So we viewed family as um, just our smaller unit. And then my parents divorced when I was eight years old. Um, my mum had a couple of affairs and um, one of the men, one of her boyfriends was a bit abu- physically abusive towards me. Um, so I have not come from, uh, it, we started out in the church, but um, not, a, not a Christian, well, not a maybe practicing Christian home. Uh, even though I do believe they love Jesus, they didn't, but it was a lot of head knowledge rather than heart transformation. So one thing is um, about generations. We know that God, obviously we've said it over and over and you've d- just completed a study on it, but we know that God is so for generations. Um, and Psalm, Psalm 145 verse 4 says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And then we also see, um, I won't read that one. I'll read Second uh, Timothy 1 verse 3 to 5. You know, Paul was a mentor for Timothy. And he says to Timothy, um, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. So God values generations, and there is an inheritance, uh, you know, from, I guess, a godly family line. Um, But in my case, you know, I am the one really in my family who is, I guess, leading the way spiritually. Um, And, you know, it's exciting because I get to go, okay, I don't maybe have the godly inheritance that Morgan has, but I get to choose to stand in my family and to shift the future generations. Um, And one thing with that is, I need to be willing to deal with the stuff in my family. You know, it's not all on me. God transforms, but it's like, if there are patterns of behavior in my family line, I'm going to say no. I'm actually going to process that. I'm going to get healing. I'm going to, you know, um, go to God and actually see freedom in my family line because some of that stuff is not going to continue, you know? Um, So, yeah, God... um, It's so significant that, you know, don't underestimate, I guess, the significance of generations and generational impact. Um, And, you know, God is a God of yesterday, today, and forever. So we view life in the terms of, oh, 80 to 100 years. But God views life in terms of eternity. Um, So, you know, what we, how, the choices we make today are going to affect the, the generation tomorrow. So I, I just want to, I guess, encourage you to actually go there. So for some of you who've not come from a perfect Christian, you know, home or had that inheritance, what choices are you making today? What are you actually, are you actually um, willing to go there? You know, things like, 
Um, what are you putting in place today that's going to benefit your generations tomorrow? Because I don't want my children to have to deal with some of the stuff that, you know, I had to deal with, you know? Yeah. That's great. That's great. Thanks, babe. Thank you. Yeah. The thing is, like, I could stand up here and tell you the, I guess, even the, the, the victory of my family, but it's also we're now family, and we're navigating this too, and this is real. Like, the stuff in my family that I didn't realize, but also the stuff in her family that she didn't realize, and so we're walking this through together. But the thing is, we have the generation, the next, not even the next generation. I, I'm thinking about five generations ahead that I deal with my stuff now. That, I, that they don't have to deal with. And the thing is, the thing is, generational curses is actually a real thing. And the thing is, we have the invitation to deal with that. We only have the spectrum of life to actually deal with that. And the thing is, my question is, will you deal with it? Will we deal with it? Like, will we be honest with our stuff? Will we be real with it? Will we actually allow others to come and speak into it? Bring godly wisdom, godly counsel. And so... With that, a part of my life scripture, I just want to tie this in, um, is Ephesians 5, verse 2 to 5. And um, it says this, mostly what God does is love you. This is, this is, how, um, I, this is how I personally feel um, the generation could be changed. But also, just the, this, the, even the power of love, the power of love over a generation it says this, mostly what God does is love you. <laughs> it's funny, it's, it's not, it's mostly. There's also a few backhands like, hey, don't do that. It's like, oh. But it's like, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but it was extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give of everything of himself to us. And then it says this, this is the part that I love. Love like that. It says that love like that. The part that gets me the most is the, the, the contrast between those words. His love was not cautious. It didn't refrain. It, didn't, it was not protected. It didn't put up boundaries. It didn't put up a time. time. It, was, it was not cautious, but it was extravagant. I know we hear that word extravagant a lot, but I just wanted to dive into it just definition-wise. and It actually means with no reason. There's no reason. Sometimes we try to find a reason to love, but actually we have no, we have every reason to love. We have every reason to love the next generation. And so um, even just, I just want to encourage us in that and the thing of like, let's not be cautious as we love the next generation. Let's love, I'm going to say it, oh, the, I can't, what's the, what's the, what's the word, word replacement for it? Let's love the mess out of them. <laughs> Let's love the mess. Out, I don't want to say that. Let's love the mess out of them. The thing is, if you keep pouring water in a and 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 like even in a bowl, if you keep putting pouring pure water, the the bad stuff actually eventually comes out. But the thing is, are we still willing to keep pouring in even if we don't see the fruit fully? So with that, um, I just wanted to just end end off with this little story, and um, I'm gonna get one of um, yeah, I'm gonna end up with the story. And so I went to this college. I, would, I don't know if you guys knew. I was super timid when I was young. I was very shy. I would like, if I was late to anything, I would just start bawling. 
because I was just like, oh, everyone sees me. No, like even being up here would be, I was like, no. I was very timid. But then I went to this college because I went to a private school and then I went to public school. Oh, the contrast was huge. I was like, there were not many Samoans. I was probably one of three Samoans out of a school of 500 in this private school. And then I went to the public school and I was like the majority at the public school. And I was like, hey, my brothers, where you been? <laughs> and so it was funny. It was really cool. And, but I learned brotherhood at this school. And um, for me, I would say I was in the popular crew. I kind of what. <laughs> Anyways, um, but that's got nothing to do with what I got. Anyways, um, but the thing, the, the, what, the one thing I, that I loved at this college was the motto was, our motto was Lumen Ecope Etem Puti. That's Latin for receive the light and pass it on. Receive the light and pass it on. And that was our motto. So it, for me growing up, it wasn't just my family. It was also the schools I went to. Just even the motto of family, like unity. There's unity in our differences. In the generation, there's unity there. But Lumen, receive the light and pass it on. And so just, I just want to, I just want to, I guess, charge us even this morning. Like, are we receiving the light? But also, more importantly, are you passing it on? Is the story going to continue or does it end with you? But also, does the trauma of the generation stop with you and the new chapter begins, the new chapter of life begin with you? The thing is, that's your decision. And so, with that, I just wanted to end and I'm, yeah. With every, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to pray for us. Is that all right? Just with every eye closed, I'm just going to pray. Lord, I thank you for family. That Lord, the kingdom is family. The way you do things is all in family, God. That there's no such thing as first cousin, second cousin. No, it's just cousin. That everyone in here is not based on whether we're blood related, but it's we're related in the spirit. The breath, the same breath that resides in everyone here was the same breath that was breathed, un, breathed into us. Oh, Father God. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. I, Lord, I just thank you for mothers and fathers in this house. I thank you for the pillars that they are in this house. And Lord, even just I thank you for the sons and daughters in this house. Lord, that will grow into becoming mothers and fathers. And God, Lord, I just I also say that even just speak over that being a mother and father is not restricted to your age. And Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your kindness and I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for what you're doing, what you've done and what you're about to do in the city of Stevens Point, but also in this state. Lord, bless each and every heart. Bless each and every family in the past, today, and the future, God. I bless their lineages to thrive. In Jesus' sweet, beautiful, precious name. Amen. All right. Before we do go, I do have my third year, Mateus, who wants to extend an invitation. Hey, how are you guys? Wasn't that amazing? Come on. That's my mentor, by the way. Um, if you can stand up, please. 
we're going to go into worship again. But before that, um, I mean, we are already in worship, right? But in the beginning, while we were singing forever, I was wrecked. I was like, Jesus was so evident. It is, he is so evident right here. But the presence is, is so amazing. And I just felt like he was pressing in and trying to conquer more of our hearts, more of our everything. Does that make sense? Um, and I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I will step out a little bit. So I asked Morgan if I could do the, the altar call. Um, and I felt God t telling me that there are a few people here that uh, you're looking for truth. You came or you, you're maybe even a Christian, but you're looking for truth and you're looking for what is the truth inside of me or outside of me in society, in the Bible with Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that the person of truth is right here, right now. The person of truth is Jesus Christ and he's right here, right now. And I want to read Matthew 11, 28. And he says, Jesus says this. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you will discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. So I want you to close your eyes right now. If you're looking for truth, if you're on a search for truth, if you're on a search for what is real and what's that deep connection in your heart that you feel like something is missing, I'm not connecting with, with the thing that I'm supposed to, I want to tell you that you were made to have connection with God. We all were made to have connection with God, to be connected to our Creator, to be connected to Father God, to be connected to Jesus. And let me tell you, Jesus is a person of hope. He, Jesus is a person of peace. Jesus is a person of truth. And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know that truth, or if you heard about Him, if you know the God of your parents, if you know the God of your friends and you want to know the person of truth, if your heart is burning right now or if you're feeling conviction, that's God talking to you right now. So if you, I want to challenge you to raise your hand if that, if that makes any sense to you. If you If you're not walking with God and you want to give your life to Jesus right now, or even if you're walking with God, but you're on the search for truth and for deeper things in God, I want you to raise your hands right now and be bold. Just raise your hands. We want to pray for you. Yes, thank you. If the... You can keep your eyes closed. If the team from the church could find these people and surround them, and we're going to pray for you. So if everyone could repeat this prayer with me, and especially these people with your hands up, just say, Jesus, 
I'm here. You brought me here. I want to surrender everything to you. I trust that you are a good God, that you are pleasing. that you are gentle, humble, and easy to please, that you love me, you loved me when you saw all my flaws, when you saw all my mistakes, you still loved me, decided to die for me, and I receive that right now, that love right now. Say, Jesus, I open my heart to you. Would you come? Would you come and give me your truth? And now if you can put in your own words the surrender of your heart to him. If you could put in your own words what's your heart desire towards him? What are you looking for? What's your desire? Put that in your own words and just just say, just tell just tell Jesus what you're looking for. He's here to meet you. Listen, what Morgan said yesterday, you did everything intentionally, but then you came here. <laughs> but today I want to say a little bit the opposite. God brought you here. <laughs> God brought you here. He wants to meet you wherever you are. So keep your eyes closed. And these people, keep praying. Church, if you can keep praying. Let's pray for these people. Yes, Jesus, I pray that you will come and that Holy Spirit, you will come and refresh these people right now. I ask that you will come with truth and that every lie of the enemy will break down right now in Jesus' name. Because Jesus is the person of truth. Jesus is the person of salvation. He's the truth, the way, the life. And He's the one that, that will fulfill everything inside of you. Listen, if you've been putting your hope in things of this world, putting your hope in people, let me tell you, there's all one man, one man that you can put your hope on and that's in Jesus Christ. So right now, I want you to put your expectations in Him, put your dreams and build your dreams with Him. He is the one that's going to walk the walk with you. So Holy Spirit, come. Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.